You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. So we kicked off a new message series last Sunday called I Pity the Fool. Uh, It's a new series on Proverbs, ancient wisdom for everyday living. Be honest with me, how many of you streamed The A-Team or Rocky Three last week? Any takers? Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. Um, but we are, we're, we're looking at the book of Proverbs for this month and also October. Um, and every day, all of us, no matter what we do, no matter what phase of life we're in, we get the choice to choose wisdom or folly, uh, to go the way of the wise person or the fool. And, um, and so one of the things that we're encouraging everybody to do is to really join us in doing a deep dive uh, into the Proverbs. If you didn't get one last week, we've got uh, the message uh, of Proverbs, the Proverbs paraphrase um, and, uh, in the message form, and we're just, we've got some more in the back, a few more. If you didn't get one last week, we're encouraging one per household, and and. This is the thing about wisdom, okay? The wisdom of Proverbs, it is so incredibly practical, okay? It's practical. And it guides us on how to live life well according to God's standards, his loving, uh, his perfect standards. Uh, These are not merely theological concepts. They apply to every area of our lives, our, our financial lives, our relationships, our sex life, our work life, in every way we find very practical wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Now, as most of you know who've been around here, I grew up in a, a Christian home. I grew up going to church every Sunday, uh, and usually at least one night a week, usually Wednesday nights, kids' programs. Um, and uh, in my church, uh, the memorization of scripture was a very, very big part of our discipleship and spiritual formation. And I did that as a kid. And I remember some of the passages that I memorized from Proverbs as a kid, uh, like Proverbs 3, uh, you know, just uh, the importance of trusting the Lord with all of our heart, not leaning to our own understanding in all our ways, acknowledging him and that he would direct our paths. And um, a wonderful verse, as there are many, many wonderful verses in Proverbs. But I remember a verse in particular that really came alive for me. And ironically, it was around the time that my my paternal grandfather died. Let me tell you the story. Uh, I was in the sixth grade, and my paternal grandfather had been diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer. He got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in December, and we were burying him in February. Uh, I went really, really quickly. He was a a wonderful, loving man. Uh, he was a mechanic. He was incredibly gifted with all, all varieties of, of mechanics. He, he could fix cars. He could fix watches or guns. He loved working on old typewriters. Uh, he just was very, very gifted, and he was well, well-loved and well-respected in our small town. He worked for, uh, his clients were white, his clients were black, his clients had money, his clients, clients had no money, and he served them all well with kindness and excellence, and he was incredibly well thought of. He was never rich, okay? He was never, ever rich. He never had a lot of ambition. Uh, but he, he got by with his family, he took good care of my grandmother, uh, but he certainly didn't leave her a lot in terms of material possessions. 
His death was the first time in my life as a sixth grader that anybody close to me or my family had passed away. So uh, it was really interesting. I remember the day before my grandfather died, my softball glove got stolen on my bus, and then I went to see Johnny Cash at the Bell Auditorium that night with my, my parents. This is like a country song, right? In the making. Uh, but then the next morning, I got up and found out my grandfather had passed away. The theme of that funeral was a passage from Proverbs, uh, and it's also the passage that was on his gravestone, and it's this in the old King James Version, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. That was the theme of his service that day, and that's what's on his tombstone. And it's interesting, I, I had forgotten about this, my grandmother was 20 years younger than my grandfather. And she died exactly 40 years to the week after he died. So she just died a few years ago. She uh, was 20 years younger and died 20 years later uh, in life. So, I mean, just uh, 40 years after he did. So some interesting stuff. But this was my first time experiencing a proverb that really got fleshed out. So I'm reading this thing from from Proverbs 22.1, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, And then I had my grandfather, a big man, a kind man, a man who loved to serve, who was gifted and talented and incredibly kind. We love spending time with with Pa. And uh, we spent a lot of time with him. And it was where this theological or spiritual principle really got fleshed out. It was one of my first experiences with incarnation in terms of scripture being really a three-dimensional approach found in a person, an actual person that I knew and that I loved. And really, that's the way all of Proverbs are to function. They really are. These are not just about some nice spiritual concepts. These are about how we flesh these things out in our lives. And this morning, I want to talk about the fact that this wisdom, it is perfectly divine, but it is for us as completely human beings. Uh, As I stated last week, wisdom, it's eternal. It originates from God, the heart of God. It's an attribute of God. And, And our desire in seeking wisdom, the greatest reward of that is intimacy with God himself. And our wisdom, the wisdom that we hunger for and that we're talking about in this series, it is divine in its origin, but it is the accumulated insight of God's people, like my my grandfather, that is tested and verified throughout the generations. So as you read wisdom from Proverbs, there's almost this invitation, a taunt, a challenge, a dare to try it on for yourself in your own life see how it fits, and and see how the cause and effect works in your own life. It is from God. It's something he wants us to have on display in our lives, and it's something he wants uh, this generation to see, but also future generations, just like uh, the, the long history that we see throughout Scripture. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come and open our hearts and lives to the richness of your word, the richness of your truth that you have for all of us? Would you come and just open, your, um, open our hearts and minds and spirits to your desire for us to walk in your ways that are loving and kind and good, and the wisdom that informed all of those things? Come, Holy Spirit, and just speak to us this morning. We thank you. 
We thank you for Vineyard Church. We thank you for you building your church here, and we pray that you would continue to do that. Holy Spirit, come, uh, bring your kingdom to us, to our families, to our church family, to this community, to our country, and to our world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about this thing of uh, perfectly divine wisdom for our completely human selves. And our desire for wisdom, it's ultimately a desire for intimacy with God. As the Apostle Paul wrote uh, to Timothy, his protege, he reminds us, I want to remind us of this this morning as we consider the function of Proverbs. All scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, there is a unique authority that comes to wisdom literature, which Proverbs is, uh, a, a, a unique authority that is different from some of the other literature that we see in the Old Testament. Because like with the law, with the law, God spoke to Moses and gave him a list of thou shalt do this and thou shalt not do this. And then uh, he was to pass that on to Israel, which he did, a divine covenant that God gave through Moses. And then through the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, there were many, thus saith the Lord's. Uh, I'm sort of in King James mindset this morning after seeing that pass, that verse of my, my grandfather's uh, tombstone. Uh, and that was God speaking through his prophets. Now, both the law and the prophets derived their religious authority from God. The wisdom, uh, the authority in wisdom literature, it's a little different. It is still very much... Uh, from God. He's our ultimate, the ultimate authority of it comes from God, but it is processed and it is expressed in very human ways, i.e. through the lives of people like you and me and Solomon and uh, my grandfather, my grandmother, and, and people here in this church. It is something, it's a, it's a cause and effect that we've tried it on, we have tested it, we have seen how it, is, how it works. Now, the first nine chapters of Proverbs really fleshes that out for it. It's, it's, it's not a prophet. It's not God speaking law. It is a dad speaking to his son. The first nine chapters of Proverbs does this. It's, it's taking on that character of a dad, talking to his son, giving him good advice on how he should live his life. And then these chapters are followed by from, verse, from chapters 10 uh, through 29. That's where we get all of the short little pithy uh, different hints or way to, ways to live life about everything, uh, including uh, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. That comes in that, that second section, which is written by Solomon and a bunch of other writers. And these chapters um, are followed by the, if you do this, then you'll see this happen in your life. And these are probabilities how life works most of the time, that if a person fears the Lord and makes wise choices, that they will ultimately, things will ultimately go well for them. Proverbs come from wise, thoughtful people who have paid attention to how life works. When I decide to go in this direction that is, in, that is congruent with scripture, things go well. Uh, but when I choose to go my own way and my own wisdom, ignore the, ignoring the wisdom of Scripture, whether it's about relationships or my physical health, my spiritual health, my sexual health, if I choose to ignore it and go against that, what God has made clear, 
then things do not go well for me. This pattern of cause and effect in our daily decisions, that truth, that our choices have consequences. And so we need to choose wisely. So in this sense, Proverbs comes from previous generations. They're passing on their wisdom. And this is not stopped, guys. This is not stopped, or it's not supposed to have stopped. That we, as as people in the 21st century, we need to revisit daily. God, what does your word say? How am I to live out your word? Particularly as we're focusing on Proverbs, your wise counsel on how I live my life. How am I to to live that out? Let it be a a, a three-dimensional cause and effect that people are able to see. First, uh, people that live in my own house, and then people who live around me. Simply put, true wisdom originates with God. It's offered to humanity for every area of our lives, and, and there's a generational authority of human wisdom based on human experiences and observations. And there is much in our culture and our society that wants to simply ignore that, right? There is. Like, okay, well that that was then, this is now. We have new truths, new standards, and and guys, I, I, I gotta say, I've lived almost 58 years, and I find over and over and over that as I choose to follow the wisdom of Proverbs and the directions and instructions of God's word, that my life goes so much better. It goes so much better. And, and, and is everything perfect? No, it's not. Uh, even when I choose to follow uh, God's ways, does everything work out hunky-dory and like a Disney movie? No, uh, not all the time. And it's important though, but I know that as I say yes, as I follow God's word, um, that it's gonna go so much better than it would if I didn't otherwise. As I mentioned last week, Proverbs are not guaranteed formulas or promises, all right? Uh, We can all think of exceptions to the Proverbs. Maybe that person that worked really, really hard and they were diligent, they got up early, they saved money, but somehow their business went under that person who raised their child uh, in the way that they should go and uh, their child has chosen not to follow after God, those kinds of things that we've seen in our own lives or in the lives of others. But the wisdom literature of the Old Testament addresses the really big picture of of real life and the full picture of wisdom. Uh, Old Testament wisdom literature, uh, and each one actually is interesting, is personified. You got Proverbs, and we've got uh, Lady Wisdom that we're gonna be talking about in just a few minutes. That Wisdom is this woman who is incredibly brilliant. She's a brilliant teacher. She offers sound instruction uh, on all kinds of topic on how to live our best lives. Another uh, expression of wisdom literature is Ecclesiastes. Uh, this is more from a, a sharp middle-aged critic. He's lived life. Uh, Solomon wrote this, he's had power, he's had wealth, he's had all kinds of things that are supposed to be what makes life rich and good for all of us. And he says, you know what, I've had these things and life really is meaningless to me, it's vanity. So it's not all these things were cut out to be. And so it deals with that kind of reality. And then the third expression in the Old Testament of wisdom literature is Job. 
And if you know the story of Job, you know he was a righteous man who followed God and did the right things. And we see horrible calamities come on him and his family. Uh, He's a weathered man. He's seen a lot and things have gone wrong. And the question of, okay, why do righteous people and good people suffer? And that's a question that still continues as we deal with the the tension of the already and the not yet of God's kingdom here on earth. And so the picture of the three wisdom books in the Old Testament, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job, it gives us this full picture. And we understand that it's not just a one size fits all, but it's an invitation to draw near to God and no matter what's going on, whether your life looks more like Job today or whether your life looks like, you know what, I'm pretty successful as far as the world standards are concerned, but inside I'm really empty. Maybe it's more of an Ecclesiastes kind of thing. Or maybe right now you're in that place of like, okay, I am seeking to follow God. I'm seeking to, to, to follow the proverbial wisdom, the God saying, if you do honor me in this way, I'll honor you in this way. And maybe you're experiencing a lot of that. I know I have in my own life, and I continue to. So wherever you are, know that ultimately it's about drawing near to God and trusting in his loving goodness and his faithfulness. And this is always the best way for us to do life. The pursuit of wisdom rooted in reverence and awe of God forms that moral logic for the book of Proverbs, okay? We talked about this last week. Uh, It's about remembering that God is God and we are not and that the boundary lines that he has set up for us are good and loving and kind and protective And when we choose to cross those, we do so at our own peril. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that awe and reverence of God. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And just a a, a brief mention on this, the first nine chapters of Proverbs, instructions from a dad to a son, and it weaves in poems from Lady Wisdom. I wanna... uh, One of the first verses in Proverbs uh, 1, listen, my son, to your father's instructions and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So we we see there are 10 speeches that that the father gives in these opening chapters. And, And the father's telling the son that he should listen to wisdom and cultivate the fear of the Lord, that this is what's going to lead to a virtuous life, a life of integrity, a life of generosity. Uh, The father warns the son against following the way of folly and evil, but that repercussions of that are never, ever going to be good. And, And as you read these first nine chapters, it lays that foundation for the rest of Proverbs. And what it says is this, it's like the father's telling the son, I need you to listen to what I'm saying here. And I don't want you just to listen to let it go in one ear and out the other. This is that kind of morning, believe me. He doesn't want us just to listen, just for the sake of hearing it, letting it go in one ear and out the other. He wants us to learn it, to really learn it, to, to, to put it in our hearts, deposit it in our minds, meditate on it, think on it, and again, not just let it set there, but actually apply it. Just like the wisdom book in the New Testament, James talks about, don't just be hearers of the word, 
Be doers, put it in action. And that's what he's saying uh, about applying all the wise instruction. Listen to it, learn it, think about it, meditate it, meditate on it, and then apply it. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as if for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. This is the loving father that's sharing this wisdom and this insight and this counsel with his son. And that's why the son should make the pursuit of wisdom and the fear of the Lord, that reverence and awe of God, his highest priority, his highest goal. The way of thinking presented by this dad that forms the whole foundation for this moral logic of, of the entire book of Proverbs. In that first nine chapters, there's also this beautiful weaving of, of Hebrew poetry, these four poems of Lady Wisdom. It's a, it's a wonderful book. She calls out to humanity to pay attention to her, to seek her out. And whenever people are making wise decisions, they are relying on lady wisdom. And whenever once someone's being generous, when they're having sexual integrity, when they're upholding justice, they are drawing on lady wisdom. Lady wisdom reminds us that we do live, regardless of our culture, uh, regardless of the relativism of our world, we do live in a moral universe and that goodness and justice are objective realities that we do, if we ignore them, we do so at our own peril. Regardless of what the world and the culture of our world says, we live in a moral universe. And this is uh, Lady Wisdom in Proverbs 8. She says, does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way where the path meets, she takes her stand beside the, the gate leading into the city at the entrance. She cries aloud, to you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true. For my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. So choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you can desire will compare with her. Remember what I talked about last week, wisdom is an attribute of God. In wisdom, God created the world that we live in. 
Wisdom is the operating system of the world and the kingdom of God. Our world works best when we employ God's wisdom into our decision-making. And any time that we access wisdom and we live by it, we are in alignment with divine principles that God wove into the very moral fabric of our creation. We can't get away from it. Uh, there may be momentary examples, uh, uh, those exceptions that we, will, that we all know about, but when you look at the big picture, when you look at the eternal landscape, we know that we live within the, and subject to these divine principles. This is what Lady Wisdom says about creation. The Lord brought me wisdom forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he even made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep. When he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, and when he gave the sea its boundaries so the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world, and delighting in mankind. This is wisdom. Wisdom is a coach and a cheerleader for us, uh, uh, showing us which way to go and, 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 and you know, cheering us on from the sidelines. Uh, I mean, she's even better than Deion Sanders. I mean, she is. So it's pretty amazing. She's for us. She's our coach and our cheerleader. And this is because she's an attribute of God who loves us and is for us. God continues to work with Lady Wisdom, Wisdom to expand his goodness and to carve out boundaries uh, that limit chaos and bring order to our lives, just like he did in creation. Just like he did in creation, in the beginning, there was darkness and void, and God in his wisdom began to create and to make boundaries and to set things apart and, and to limit chaos and to bring order to the universe as we know it. And he wants to do that in our own lives as well as we look to him. Just like he formed the beautiful world out of darkness and void with wisdom, he wants to do that in every area of our lives. And this is the invitation. Get wisdom, get understanding, desire it above everything else. We talk a lot about the kingdom of God here at Vineyard Church, the rule and reign of God. And our pursuit of wisdom is ultimately a pursuit of God himself and his kingdom where we invite the dynamic of heaven, the dynamic of heaven to invade our lives here on earth. The kingdom of God the rule and reign of God, when, when Jesus is in charge and everything goes according to his plans and his purposes, that is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Uh, it is a kingdom of wisdom, a kingdom of life. Contrast that with the kingdom of this world, which is a kingdom of foolishness and folly and a kingdom ultimately of death. Jesus taught his disciples 
to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so every time we follow the instructions of Proverbs, this is a way that we are welcoming God's rule and reign into every area of our lives here on earth. When we pray, Holy Spirit, come, come and form me, make me more and more like Jesus. I'm reminded of of the Apostle Paul's words when he put it this way. He said, Jesus, who has become for uh, us wisdom from God. And that is, he's our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. This is Christ who, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We're crying out, God, uh, make me more like you. Make me more like you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, do this good work in our lives. This is to be fleshed out in us, like all scripture is to be, but there is an amazingly practical way that wisdom is to be fleshed out. This isn't just a a spiritual concept. It is spiritual, but it's also practical, and it's supposed to be evident in our daily lives, not only to ourselves, but to all those living around us, anyone who has interactions with us. Let me just close with this. Proverbs, it's an invitation from God himself to gain wisdom from him and then to express it for this generation and for all the generations to come. We've got children, we've got grandchildren, we've got friends, we've got neighbors, we've got coworkers. It's it's about having this wisdom expressed in every area of our lives. It goes back to that, you know, Deuteronomy. We use a passage, Deuteronomy 6, and our in our children dedications, when he talks about writing God's word on the door frames of your home and, and talking about it as you're coming and going. It needs to be a practical working of everyday life. So whether you are driving your kids to school or to soccer practice, it is something, the wisdom of God, doing the right thing, the moral thing to do, the good thing to do, according to God's word, it's something that we are to be talking about and practicing. It's something that needs to be evident in our lives. This week I was doing my devotional reading, reading from the, the, the daily lectionary, and it was a passage from the book of Acts where Stephen is in front of the Sanhedrin council, this religious council, and he's sharing the story of Joseph. And it struck me, of course, I'm thinking about wisdom and Proverbs, but he says this, he says, but he's talking about Joseph being you know, sold into Egyptian slavery, but God was with Joseph, Stephen says, and rescued him from all his trouble. And God gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of even Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So when God gives us his wisdom, there are amazing things that can happen. And Pharaoh made him ruler over over Egypt and all his palace because God gave this guy Joseph wisdom. God wants to give us wisdom. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to increase our desire for, for wisdom, which is ultimately a desire for him and for his manifest presence. Because people are watching, people are looking for how to best live life, okay? That hasn't changed. I don't care what political polls tell you or what cultural trends are there. People are looking for how to best live their lives. They're looking for wisdom. They may not call it that, but that's really what's at the heart of what they're looking for. 
God wants our lives to embody, to flesh out his wisdom, for his wisdom to be on display in our lives, for his honor, for his glory, for the benefit of our own lives and the lives of our families, and for the well-being of our world. And so my encouragement to you as, as we continue uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to be focusing more on the, 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 the specific topics that are addressed in Proverbs 10 through 29 and the wisdom that comes from that. I would encourage you, be reading Proverbs, be, be, be listening to the Holy Spirit, letting him guide you and lead you on maybe some specific directions that he wants to, uh, to say in this area of your life, maybe it's relationships, Maybe it's, it's, it's uh, your work ethic. Maybe it's your words. Whatever it is, be listening to the Holy Spirit. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. Let's stand together. Holy Spirit, we love you. We love you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we thank you that it is your desire to give us wisdom. Lord, thank you for making this available to us. We need your wisdom and we cry out for wisdom in every area of our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask that you uh, would just do your work of transformation in our lives, making us more and more like Jesus, the wisdom of God available to us. And Holy Spirit, continue to lead us and guide us. Continue to lead us and guide us. Lord, help us to trust in you and not to lean on our own understanding, but to lean in to your wisdom, to know you more. Come Holy Spirit, we welcome you with our worship. We thank you for your presence. Come and be honored in this place, we pray. In Jesus' name.